Hello and welcome to episode 212 of the Focus podcast. I am your regular host, Andrew Brown, and we are joined by our regular co-host, Sylvia Wassenaar. I'm sorry to hear you're still irregular. It's okay, I take lots of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> and Rosalie, the little record girl. Hello. You don't have a poop joke for us? No. Yeah. I just woke up, so nothing's coming to mind. No, we were going to talk about Pokemon this week, but... Uh, between delivery delays and the fact that it's a freaking huge game and it's also a game that apparently has a lot of technical problems, which uh, we haven't encountered yet, but we do want to give a fair shot for those appearing. We've chosen to wait a week to actually talk about the game, but we are still going to talk about Pokemon in this episode. This will be our Pokemon retrospective episode where we talk about our history with the series and the franchise in large. So let's go ahead and jump right into that. Now, the first thing I wanted to talk about was our very first Pokemon game. Sylvia, how did you start out with the series? All the way back in 1996 or 7? I think technically 7. Because hmm. I think 96 is the Japanese release. I started with Blue. I thought Blastoise was the cooler looking Pokemon out of the two, and I stand by that. <laughs> I started in uh, Gen 1 too. I uh, heard about these games, wanted to know what the big deal was, so I asked for them for Christmas, and my, my oldest brother got me Pokemon Red for Christmas. This was before anybody knew what Pokemon was. It was before it had its reputation for what it was. Like Back then, at the late 90s, you know, turn of the 2000s, if you were a kid who played Pokemon past like you know the age of 12 or 13 you're pretty much putting a target on your back at least in the united states <laughs> that sounds <laughs> but, about right <laughs> yeah we were the dorks on the schoolyard who played pokemon all day during lunch and during break and honestly i played it during class too and i could get away with it <laughs> oh we weren't we weren't allowed to bring it to school yeah same <laughs> uh I don't know that we were allowed, but they didn't they didn't really try to stop us. Oh, very okay. Much. <laughs> Definitely wasn't allowed to be done during class, but like I said, mm. uh, I, I did it anyway. You, you know, Pokemon's a turn-based, it's a slow game. I could just play it in my lap between my legs when nobody was looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just obsessed with Pokemon. Uh, what about you, Rosalie? Where'd you start off on? Yeah, um Pokemon Blue Gen 1. It was actually wow. pretty, Yeah, it was actually pretty cool because so whatever reason we no this is not a secret i'm working class my family comes from that kind of background so we were very poor in the 90s but for some reason there was a deal mm. on cable and so i was the first kid at my school who had seen pokemon and knew what it was uh, and it was on sky one at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> and the first episode i saw was the diglet dig diglet dig trio 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 episode <laughs> so then that made me go oh what is this and we for some reason again it was cheap to have we had a deal on dial-up internet then so my mom used amazon way back then which she pre-ordered pokemon blue for me on amazon <laughs> in the in the 90s wow. yeah she pre-ordered blue for me on amazon and it was a huge deal because uh we were always skint and I, I fell in love with it. I, I remember because back then the screens on the Game Boy were not backlit that I would stay up till like three in the morning with like a torch <laughs> under the covers. And I get, I liked Blue as well because Blastoise is infinitely cooler. I actually yes. don't have my cartridge anymore because um, years later I swapped my Blue with my cousin's Yellow. 
because I, I think I just I played blue to death by that point but I still have that yellow cartridge to this day and yellow's technically a bit cooler because you get the whole Pikachu walking about thing so that's pretty cool but yeah that I'm bit old crushed. school <laughs> Pika when you like talk to it it's just that horrible bit crush sound of the um the voice from the anime that <laughs> yeah. in retrospect that's hilarious but at the time i'm like wow how did i do that <laughs> yeah it was so impressive then it's so funny my favorite pokemon memory it's a short one um i was sleeping over at a friend's place uh i've already been like nine years old i think i used to get really homesick during sleepovers and I was about to go to my bag to, like, get the phone number to call home and get taken home. But when I opened up the bag, <laughs> my mum had placed a Game Boy Link cable Aww. right at the top. And then I was just too excited to feel homesick and just trade Pokemon all night. That was That's so best. cute. <laughs> it was I love really that. nice. I didn't expect us all to go all the way back to Gen 1. Uh, am I the only one who is still permanently scarred by the psychic type <laughs> oh yeah i remember sabrina's gym just being too much for my brain back then because well, if you don't know listeners uh the psychic type in gen one was completely broken the game was just a, a mess in terms of balance the, there was only one special stat it's divided into special attack and special defense now, but back then it was just special, which determined both your special attack and your special defense, which is broken unto itself. Uh, but then the psychic types didn't actually have any real weaknesses. They're supposed to be weak to ghost types uh, and bug types, but all of the bug and ghost type attacks in the game sucked. And number two, all of the bug types and the ghost types in the game were also half poison, which were weak to psychic types. So psychic type was just utterly broken in Gen 1. You basically would just load your team up with nothing but psychic types and you would dominate the entire game. <laughs> Man, yeah. Uh, to this day, I still refuse to That's use poison right. types. I just won't do it. I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, like, cursed psychic types were then, because there was also that thing of where uh, mm -hmm. the, the Alakazam, they have, like, the little spoon. Yeah. Uh, and they got sued by Yuri Geller, who is this, uh, inverted brackets, famous psychic from the 90s, because he was like, oh, the spoon mind-bending thing is my thing. So then they couldn't be on Pokemon cards <laughs> for, like, the foreseeable future, because he, like, sued them. <laughs> for his likeness or something uh, and i think only like in the last few years have they never turned to pokemon cards which is hilarious i wonder oh, if that wow. was regional because i i remember building a pokemon trading card game deck around the alakazam and kadabra evolutions and i'm pretty sure they had spoons <laughs> it could it could be because there was also like a weird regional thing where they had to ban that zubat i think it was a zubat <laughs> card because it had a certain sign in it that meant a different thing here oh and yep than it meant in Japan, and it was like a big deal. Ah, good times. It's, I think it was the famous um, Buddhist symbol. Yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so my favourite Pokemon memory was uh, my child minder took us all, her kids and me, to see Pokemon the second movie in the cinema. Mm. And um, I had this little, um, I had some of the plushies and I had a toy of 
uh, Jigglypuff and Togepi were my favourites because I was obsessed with Misty, so I was obviously obsessed with Togepi. And uh, I lined them all up in my lap so we could watch the movie together. (laughs) (laughs) And they had to be facing the screen. (laughs) Now, we all go back to Generation 1, but what's our personal favourite Pokemon game? Which uh, entry? And it doesn't even have to be a mainline entry. I mean, I was going to pick Pokemon Legends Arceus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Out of like, but I guess that's the one that I had the most fun with overall. I feel like Pokemon games that don't have that feeling of going out and exploring and researching Pokemon. That that's what I enjoy about Pokemon is the exploration of it all. You know, going around different biomes and situations to try and find Pokemon, and some of them are kind of broadly maybe in a plane, and some of them might be specifically in a specific lot of trees you know that sort of encourages all sorts of exploration types and yeah Arceus just nailed that but from a nostalgic perspective I think I have the most memories attached to Pokemon Gold Mm. when I beat the game and then I could go to uh, Kanto or the Kanto region (laughs) that blew my mind it was it was kind of empty. There wasn't really anything in it, but the entire region was there. <laughs> and all we wanted was just more grass to run around and to catch wild stuff. So it worked fine. And hearing the story of how they managed to make that work, um, I believe that was Iwata that mm-hmm. kind of did the programming magic to, to pull that off. But as a kid, I think I was like 10 years old, 10 or 11. That's mind-blowing. Like by today's standards, it's you can take that sort of stuff for granted. But back then, you can't take it for granted. But like even by today's standards, Gen One and Gen Two, you know, Red, Blue, Gold, Silver, those are still two massive games. Which is like why we could play them as long as we could. Game Boy games yeah. up to that point was just little stuff, like Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario Land, whatever it was called. You know, even Link's Awakening, Legend of Zelda, is a great game, but it's a 10, 12-hour game. And then you got Pokemon Red and Blue, which you could easily put hundreds of hours into and still not finish it. That was that was very new for the Game Boy at the time. Yeah, and, and you also had that aspect where the internet wasn't really a thing when you played, like, the first two generations of Pokemon. So those schoolyard rumors were... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was M- just in the truck. something. Yeah, Muse in the truck, but it could also yeah. be like finding about finding out about Mewtwo in uh, Cerulean Cave. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that until one of my school buddies told me. How am I meant to know that? <laughs> <laughs> that was cool as heck. Very typical now for there to any game to have like a post game dungeon. Like after you've beaten the game, there's another dungeon you can do that has more stuff in it. But Pokemon Red and Blue came out. That was. A very new idea. <laughs> I was like, whoa, there's more to do after I've seen the credits? What's going on here? Yeah. And I mean, I remember even going to my local shopping center to get Mew loaded onto the cartridge. <laughs> like the first in-person mythical Pokemon distribution. <laughs> it was so cool. Did either of you ever go to a, a local mall for a Pokemon tournament? No, not for a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I was never good enough. I went twice. I wasn't good enough either. I got <laughs> stomped because I didn't understand 
typing at the time. I already described what was going on with the psychic types, but I just I picked stuff that I liked. Uh, so uh, my team was very poison heavy, and <laughs> I still remember my last match. I was using my Gengar was my last Pokemon up, and the other guy puts out a Marowak, which is a ground type. And I was like, oh, a Marowak. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Ground types are super effective against poison types, and I instantly lost. <laughs> that was yep. that was my last time playing at a Aww. live Pokemon tournament. I've, I've never gone since because I've either been too embarrassed in my teenage years and, and too antisocial as an adult to bother. <laughs> anyway, we're still still talking about our favorite Pokemon game. Rosalie, what's your favorite Pokemon game? Yeah, I technically have two answers to um That's fine. Keep the discussion going longer. Yeah. Um Crystal um is kind of my favorite when Silver and Gold came out, I watched my friend play theirs. But um I was annoyed that you couldn't be a girl in it. <laughs> Uh, and if you think representation is bad for a lot of like communities now, it was like worse in the nineties. <laughs> uh, so I held I held off hope because uh, my friend used to get the official Nintendo magazine over here, and it showed screenshots of the you know of Crystal like leaks and things. Uh, and I saved up my pocket money. I went to Electronics Boutique, um, which doesn't exist anymore, and I got Pokemon Crystal. And not only could you be a girl, it was the first one with animated sprites in it too which is mm. cool and the cart was like turquoise and sparkly it was just such a huge deal and i just like fell in love with it i think the character i don't know what her proper name is in the anime i can't remember but the crystal like trainer is still like my favorite just because i'm like yeah uh but technically i think it my answer would be soul silver i think objectively heart gold and soul silver are still the best ones because they were just they were remakes of gold and silver mm-hmm. they looked beautiful they sounded beautiful you can get you got the poke walker with it which was like a little uh, pedometer but you could keep your pokemon in it and you could train them up as you walked and stuff and that was just that was so cool at the time and every time i see like footage of those games i'm like oh my god it was like they're just so pretty and it was so cool go re-experiencing like the areas of well for me it was crystal but like in the beautiful like ds sprite like animation and things it was just cool i just i still love them so technically crystal and soul silver i'm i'm inclined to pick pokemon legends too um just it might be a recency bias there but i did just i liked how it updated so many of the the familiar systems even if the sandbox wasn't so great and even if it was kind of an ugly game but it 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 updated (laughs) a lot of the uh the combat mechanics and the capture mechanics in a way that I really liked. But if it, if it's not legends, it's probably gen one is my favorite. And that is just based on the fact that it's the one I've by far spent the most time playing. Like seriously, when I was in middle school, I I would just start a new game every few days. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know why. Uh, I beat it plenty of times, but like I just would be like, let's start a new game. Okay. <laughs> I, I know the first few hours of that game. Pretty much know every square of that map by heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the the first, at least first two generations felt the most authentic to what Pokemon was. Mm-hmm. I, I argue that it's still the case. Nothing's really recaptured those feelings that I got from the original games 
Legends got very close, but... I just don't know if I can ever feel that way again. I think I have to be 12 years old to feel the way I did. <laughs> I'm too <laughs> jaded and cynical now. It was cool seeing the resurgence. People don't believe me that are a bit younger, but there was a time where it wasn't cool to still be into Pokemon. Mm, it was around Gen 3 for me. Yeah, the games still sold well, but if you still watched the anime and you still wanted to get the toys and you still had the toys on display in your room, you were not cool. <laughs> Uh, and in fact, all my friends actually gave me their Pokemon toys for like free because they're like, oh, you're the only person I know that still likes it, right? Here you go. <laughs> and I still have them. I have like tons of like the little, um, the little Tommy ones where you get the see-through Pokeballs with them. I still have them all. Uh, I have like a bag of them. This was pre-Marvel. This was before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This was before... Oh, what else can I point to? Anyway, being a nerd was not cool, <laughs> which yeah, maybe yeah. is a... A fairly obvious statement now. Like, I think everybody knows the the arc that the, the nerd character has kind of taken. <laughs> How they, <laughs> they've gone from being the clown to the hero to kind of the villain these days. Anyway, I, I remember when it was the clown. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was saying it was it, it's cool to see when the resurgence happened because my little brother and sister were like got obsessed with it and then they found out that i was into it before they were born and then they were like oh what you have like old pokemon that's so cool and i was just like oh i'm cool again yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> you can go into the local like the it's called tesco here it's like our supermarket and there's pokemon toys everywhere and i remember when that all went away and that wasn't a thing but every shop has pokemon cards in it now they're they're there and it's just it's just nice <laughs> it's nostalgic yeah, it's almost like well. there's too much Pokemon merch these days. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. I say that and I buy it, so <laughs> I'm part of but the problem. <laughs> I guess when you have like a thousand characters now, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying it for years, there's too many Pokemon now. There's way too <laughs> many. <laughs> I used to know them all, now when I play the games, I'm like, what the heck is that thing? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Yeah, I get a lot of, like, Gen 3 and Gen 4 Pokemon confused because I was introduced to the Gen 3 ones mm. during Gen 4 because I skipped Gen 3 because, like Rosalie said, it was uncool. And they even asked mm. my mum for it, and they were like, nah, you're too old for that now. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, and now they're mom... into Pokemon, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, my mum said, and I always bring this up to wind her up, she's like, one day you're going to regret all the money I spend on you on Pokemon and Nintendo. <laughs> I'm here on a Nintendo podcast talking about Pokemon, and I'm 32, so there you go. <laughs> you can't make money off this when you're older. Oh, I mean, I'm not no. getting paid for this either, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you are lucky and if you stuck with it for all those decades, which... Most of us were neither of those things. <laughs> nah, money adds pressure. Anyway. Yeah. Now, what's our favorite individual Pokemon? Um, my favorite Pokemon is and always has been Dragonite. Ah. It looks like a big doopy cuddly dragon. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> Mine is Jigglypuff because <laughs> I did music as a kid and then I trained as a singer. And I just love Jigglypuff. I've still got the golden Jigglypuff card that you got from Burger King. 
<laughs> like on display. I, and I want to get a Jigglypuff tattoo at some point. <laughs> Do you draw on your audience when they have a bad reaction to your performance? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, maybe I should. <laughs> Luckily, no one's ever fallen asleep, I don't think. But, oh, actually, also, is it... Is it the first gen or second gen where there's like a Jigglypuff in the Pokemon Center? I think it's the second Pokemon Center. Because as a kid, I just used to spam the button so it would like sing the little like song over and over and over again. So I've like always been obsessed with Jigglypuff for some reason. Oh yeah, those gen one stands, there's like five of them or something. And they just changed the pitch of them. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> My favorite is probably going to be uh, Alakazam. <laughs> Going back to gen oh. one here. <laughs> I always had an Alakazam on my team because, you know, in Gen 1, an Alakazam could just clean up. It would plow down everything in the game pretty much until you reached Mewtwo. And then Mewtwo was like Alakazam plus. <laughs> and and now when I put an Alakazam or an, a Kadabra on my team, I'm like, why is it so weak? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's because... Uh, they've basically spent the intervening 25 years fixing the psychic type because they messed up so bad in the first game on it. It's unfortunate for my friend Alakazam, but I still <laughs> love him. <laughs> now, always running concurrent to the games has been the anime and the movies. Uh, we've already talked about them briefly, but... Uh, do either of you have any extensive experience with it? So I wasn't allowed to watch cartoons in the morning, not for what you think. It was because I wouldn't get ready for school, is what uh-huh. I found. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would get distracted and not get ready for school. So I didn't get to watch much until the first movie, which I got on VHS. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Made me cry then, makes me cry now. I know mm-hmm. it's corny, but... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a really good movie, to be fair. They did a CGI re- like remake of it, and it's terrible. It just The animation in the first movie is like actually really, really good. It's like mm. the soundtrack that has like the like band songs on it is great, but the original score is like really fantastic. But the CGI remake is very bizarre. It's worth watching like maybe a drinking party or something to be like, what is this? What have they done to my childhood? The only thing about the animation I remember from the first movie today is the scene where all of the Pokemon from around the world are being drawn in towards Mewtwo's island and they you just mm. see them in the background kind of in the fog and they were just <laughs> the CG models from Pokemon Stadium looping through their idle animations. That's all I remember. It was even back then it looks so fake but I distinctly <laughs> remember it. <laughs> I totally forgot over that. That's yeah. so funny. I think I no, remember I, I, Team Rocket getting the names of the Pokemon wrong when they're going through the uh, coin machine. Yeah. <laughs> Team Rocket were the best. They're still yeah. the best. Are they still on the show? I yes. think so. Okay. I've <laughs> yeah. watched since before the Orange Islands or whatever that arc was called. Oh, it's been a that was, long that's the best one. time. <laughs> I love the Orange Islands. I still love, I love the older ones. So the first arc was like the Indigo League and then you had the Orange Islands. I think I stopped when Dawn is there, who is the Diamond mm. and Pearl trainer. Um, and I've watched up to, I stopped watching the movies after number eight, which is the Lucario and the Mystery of New one. It also made me cry. <laughs> In fact, there's uh, Pokemon Forever made me cry too because it's got a really cool um, 
time travel thing in it uh, and you see a Pokemon actually die in it so that was that wasn't fun <laughs> they made like a, an anime that was more for like a older audience was it called Twilight or something but if you try and watch the anime now the older ones are still funny because you get the nostalgia there but it's just the same formula where they capture the they capture Pikachu and then it's, it, it is very much for a young audience sadly and then there was that weird reboot movie where Pikachu talked <laughs> Which Ugh. I don't know if any of you saw. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> There's like a really good audience reaction video online. And Ash is like, why won't you get into Pokeball? And Pikachu literally starts talking and the audience is like, what? And you can tell they're all like in their 30s. <laughs> and Pikachu's like, oh, it's because I always want to be near you or something. And it's so weird. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, the movies are still a thing. I don't even know how many there is now. Yes. <laughs> 50 at this point who knows <laughs> uh, one for every mythical and ash finally became the, the greatest of them all recently as well in the anime yeah just needed to add a dragonite to his team and 20 odd years later <laughs> yeah <laughs> now he can finally turn 11 <laughs> it's very nostalgic i got to I, I got to meet um the original voice actor voice actress i should say for ash Veronica Taylor. I was cosplaying a version of Misty um, from one of my favorite episodes, and uh, she refused to charge me for like um, like photos and things because I was the only one that came in a Pokemon cosplay. And she was really <laughs> nice, and she, she like put on her Ash voice, and she's like, "Yeah, you look awesome." And I was like, oh. <laughs> "It was just so cool." And she's really nice. If you, if you ever see her at a con, like go meet her because oh my god, it was like all these feelings of my childhood rushing up at once it was so cool now, i remember watching when the anime first started i actually saw the anime before i got the game mm. <laughs> amazingly i remember the first episode i saw it was the episode where uh ash and i don't remember who was with them i think it was just brock but they were being chased by a primate and oh yeah, yeah that was the entire episode was just them running away from a primate <laughs> i thought it was hilarious don't know how good it actually is now, but <laughs> when I ran into Mankeys and Primates in the actual game, I was like, oh, this is that section of the game that <laughs> they were in. Doesn't look anything like it, but okay. <laughs> I know what this is now. I saw the first movie in the theaters. It was out around Thanksgiving, so around the time of year that we're recording this now. Uh, mm. It was after dinner, and my mom said, do you want to go see a movie? I thought she was just being cool back then but now i realize she was just trying to get rid of me so she could clean up and i wouldn't be in the way <laughs> so i went and saw pokemon the first movie on thanksgiving night it was like me and three or four other people in the theater i sat in the very front row <laughs> and watched the movie yeah my, my mom took me to see it and she fell asleep and then she woke up at the bit where the Pikachus are slapping each other. <laughs> and, yeah, and I just remember her going, this is horrible. And then falling back asleep. And to this day, she will bring up how horrible that movie is just off that one scene. Good it time. is a hard scene to watch. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about the manga? Have either of you have any experience with the manga? Yeah, I actually read the first... Oh, I don't know what you call them in manga. Is it Ark? Like all of the the Kento, yeah, ones. You can see arc. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely made for a more mature audience than whatever mm. everything else is. You see an Arbok get sliced in half, 
And I don't mean like obfuscated by anime lines and dynamic text and whatever. It, it, you just straight up see a cross section of an book. I think it got heavily edited when it came over here because I, I remember looking online and like, why does Misty have really big... Oh, they changed it when it came up over here. <laughs> Uh, that's all I remember is that and the fact that Misty is like really rich in the manga and she has this huge mansion and I was like oh yeah Misty good on you yeah but then I realised like Misty why don't you just buy yourself a new bike but they also Uh, turn half of the gym leaders evil the manga's very weird yeah because Giovanni's bad but they turn Koga, Sabrina and I think it's Lieutenant Surge they're all baddies yeah. as well. Koga and Sabrina in the games always kind of gave me uh, evil vibes anyway. <laughs> yeah, Sabrina's just goth. I don't think she's evil. I loved her in the anime. That's how I, that's like how I think of her, like when they turn into dolls. And it was like very twi- it was literally a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> but yeah, I think the manga the manga's still ongoing, I'm pretty sure. It oh. is. I don't know if it's the same continuity, but I think, I think it does a... actually go from the perspective of the player characters rather than Ash. Ah. Now, what about, like, Pokemon Go? Do we, did either of you play that? I feel like I was the only person in the world who never played Pokemon Go. Sylvie probably played it first because it came out in Australia first. So yeah. we had to download an illegal version of it to play it on the same day it came out. But the initial hype, I think, is the most fun hype of any video game of all time. And I, I miss it. You would go. We would, we went uptown, and we would meet all these people, like people our age, like adults gathering around up like a um, what's the, what their spots called again? The little what the actual little markers called in it. I've not played it in so long. <laughs> but the, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so people would like gather and they'd meet you, and you're like, at first everyone's like, are you are you, are you playing Pokemon? And they're like, y- yeah, yeah. And then the more like you did it, people were like, yeah, let's play Pokemon. Who are you? And you'd meet people, and it. Oh, so I remember my mo- my mother-in-law's town she was in at the time. Old ladies were, like, making little Pokemon plushies and leaving them at the stops for people to get. And it was just so... Oh, it was so cool. I don't play it now because I don't leave the house much. <laughs> so I kind of can't play it. <laughs> well, that was how I, I felt. I miss- it was like, I can play yeah. Pokemon and I don't have to go anywhere. I'm better than all you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the least accessibility-friendly game. But um, the initial hype was just so... It was just really fun. And I think that's when I remember Pokemon being cool again as well. Because everybody was playing it. I think my mum even played it. Oh yeah, 2016 was like the Pokemon resurgence. Because all of the millennials that stopped playing it realised it's actually cool to play it still. Like, yeah. it's still going. And they played that instead of Pokemon going to the polls. <laughs> <laughs> still one of the cringiest things I have ever heard in my life. Was that a real thing? Oh, you didn't hear yeah. about that? Oh, man. No. <laughs> that was Hillary Clinton's attempt to appeal to uh, the oh, the young no. people in her audience. The kids these days. Yeah. Pokemon Go to the polls. Look it up on YouTube. You will... Oh, God. Oh, oh dear. A chapter of my life I don't like to revisit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't see, like, Nicola Sturgeon doing something like that over here. That would just be a bit bizarre. So <laughs> I will have to look that up. But uh, I played a lot of Pokemon Go up until this year, to be honest. To me, 
when I first played Pokemon Go, the most exciting aspect of it was exploring new areas to find new Pokemon. Like I'd walk mm. down to the creek and find water Pokemon and nesting Pokemon of a species that I don't have. That was the appeal for it, but it seems like Niantic have gotten in their heads that all people want is PvP content and to do raids. Oh. Hmm. And you can't do raids on your own, really. Like, the ones with the legendary Pokemon, you need other oh. people. Yeah, they're really hard. Yeah, well, they're impossible to do solo. Yeah. Just this shift from exploration to, apparently, social stuff, and I don't want to have to be social. Like, you can't sell <laughs> me one game and then change it into another one. <laughs> I, it was fun. Like, bumping into people and going, like, hey, there's a Snorlax down here, and everyone walks yeah. off together. That was cool. But, like, I don't want to have a prolonged social interaction with these people. <laughs> so uh, I, I've stopped playing it because all of the new content's just locked behind eggs and raids. And so I started playing Pikmin Bloom, and that's kind of what Pokemon I wanted Pokemon Go to be. <laughs> To be like, explore a new place and find stuff that's different from other places instead of just being the same spawns everywhere and all the new stuff being locked behind paywalls. And I don't think you'll ever have to worry about Bloom becoming so popular that it becomes a PvP social game. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that'll be a problem. No, I mean, there's PvE co-op elements, but they're not... Like, there, there isn't content locked behind them. You just get more rewards for stuff, but you get those same rewards just slower by pay playing on your own. So that I, I'm fine with that. No, I know Rosalie's done this, but like I went to a mm -hmm. couple tournaments. That was pretty much it. Sylvia, have you ever gone to like any conventions, or have you done like any, you know, online fandom stuff for Pokemon, or do you just keep it as your private shame like I do? So I, when I first got my DS. I went to this thing that they had in Australia called the Nintendo DS Connection Tour. And one of the games featured was uh, Diamond and Pearl. I think there was a tournament. And I just remember going there and watching that. It was just at a, a mall in uh, Adelaide mm. when I was visiting my mum. And I've still got the keychain for it hanging in front of me on top of the... Um, oh. uh, pinned into the pin Aww. board. So that was just like a, a nice memory where it was like... Everyone was into Pokemon. People were trading on their DSs. The good old days. Yeah, I used to have daydreams about like being like a, a champion Pokemon trainer and you know like competing <laughs> in like a, a PvP tournament that was like on a big screen in a stadium. I don't think that ever actually happened, but they did used to show Aww. commercials of that that kind of thing, like maybe happening one day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think. I think going to your local mall pretty much capped out on that experience. <laughs> Rosalie, you've done like cosplay for Misty, as you've mentioned. Like, yeah. what's that whole experience like? Like, do you keep that up? Do you specialize in that? How'd you get started in it? Okay. Tell us about what that's like. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been going to cons since 2010. And like, Misty is one of my favorite characters. And I used to always get a bit annoyed that Misty I don't know if either of you have ever been to a con but usually it's like the lazy outfit people would do which is obviously <laughs> fine but I don't like doing an outfit half-assed 
when I first did it, I made sure the hair bubble is the exact same color. I had green mm-hmm. contact lenses. I, I made her like painted her shoes because some people just get red shoes, but no, they've got little um, yellow like thunderbolts on them. I had her little red bag. Um, I was very lucky. I still have it. I have this um, Tiger Electronics Togepi plush, and it's like perfectly to scale. And if you uh, click its hands, it like vibrates and shakes, and it like speaks. So that was like the best prop ever. I'm maybe a bit too old to be Misty comfortably now, <laughs> uh, especially because she shows off her stomach, which I'm not. I looked a lot different when I used to cosplay her a lot. Um, but I still have lots of planned uh, Pokemon stuff to do. I really want to do the Ghost of Maiden's Peak, which was my favorite episode of the anime. Is that the one with the like ghastly? The- Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, and I. It's like a ghost really story like, with yeah. Yeah, I really like the character from that, and she has like beautiful. I've, I've got the wig. They didn't make official ghastly plushies, so I mm. had to get this like bootleg one that actually looks pretty good. I might end up making my own one there because I can actually sew better these days. But no, cosplaying from Pokemon is really fun. You're gonna run into people that are doing it because it's Pokemon. <laughs> um, we in Glasgow we used to do a unofficial Pokemon sports day in the Britannic Gardens and it was amazing literally I think a hundred odd of us would gather and we just ran an unofficial sports day and we had like prizes and all of us were in a Pokemon cosplay and there's like photos of it and it was just that was like my early cosplay kind of adventures so Misty is quite like a one of my favorite cosplays to do because I have just have lovely memories associated with her and then when I met Veronica Taylor I was doing Misty who actually doing her outfit at the end of Ghost of Maiden's Peak she's in this like yukata because it's like a summer festival uh, at the end of the episode uh, my friend did Nurse Joy in a yukata and my I have a friend who uh, made a for alligator fursuit and it was just really fun walking about um, I just yeah I love cosplay I'm not as confident with it as I used to be because there's a lot of people in it that are like, ooh, you're 30 and you still can't play. But it's like, yeah, but now I know how to make things. So I want to make more things. And now I have money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a lot more Pokemon stuff I want to do. It's more like specifically like the trainers than... There's like a thing called Jajinkas where people will cosplay the actual Pokemon, but they'll kind of make them kind of human and design their own versions of it. Mm. and there's some really really beautiful ones and I also wanted to cosplay the girl I forget her name from uh the Pokemon game the strategy one that was on the DS can't remember the name off the top of my head but there's like a Jigglypuff trainer is that Pokemon Um, Conquest yeah there's like a Jigglypuff trainer in it and uh she's she's all like pink and she matches Jigglypuff and her armor and stuff and I'm like um no one's gonna know who I am but I'm gonna make that one day (laughs) I'm from that Pokemon crossover with Nobunaga's ambition. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know Someone... what Nobunaga's ambition is, don't ya? <laughs> all you? I'm, I'm, I'm so bad for like because obviously all my, of a certain age, you know, all my favorite things were from the nineties. So I'll cosplay stuff from things from the nineties, and now I'm getting to a point where people do not recognize what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but when they do, it feels it's super cool and awesome. And again, when I was misty meeting like ash ketchum oh my god it was so she was so lovely and then i tweeted about it um and she was like oh you're so tall you're so much beautiful you're so beautiful and i was like oh my god ash thinks i'm beautiful it was just cool um i really want to meet eric stewart who was a uh, brock and i think he was james as well and he was in like the Yu Gi Oh anime back in the day as well 
Uh, but yeah, no, it's really fun. If anyone's listening and wants to get into it, even if it's not specifically Pokemon cosplay, you can always contact me and I will help you because I've been doing it for over a decade. And you always get a nice reaction because if you're Misty, people are, they see the hair and they're like, ah, I know who you are. I think that's the only kind of fandom things, it's mainly from a cosplay perspective. I did go to a Pokemon card uh, convention when I was younger, which was, it was, I know it was a Pokemon and TY convention, so that kind of shows you how long ago that was. <laughs> A Pokemon what? And TY? The TY, the, the stuff, the plushies? Oh. That were like, remember? Beanie Babies. Yeah. Yes, yeah. We called them TYs over here because that was on the tag. But it was just people selling the Beanie Babies and the Pokemon cards. I, there probably was tournaments then, but I don't know. Yeah, I sometimes go to a card shop and play Pokemon, like the actual card game. I'm really bad at it, though. So. What about the <laughs> trading still... card game? Did either of you ever mm. play that? A little. Yeah. I, I mainly collect it now, so. Yeah. I played it a bit when it first started. I was kind of like, went from Magic the Gathering to Pokemon trading cards, but I just, I never really had the money to mm. really get good at it. <laughs> I basically had a, a starter deck and like maybe a handful of booster packs, and that was what I had to get all my decks going. I did at one point kind of slap together a, a pretty good deck that relied on the Abra evolutions and like swapping out Pokemon between my bench and my my main hand and I actually did go out and I I specifically bought a single card which is the only time (laughs) I've ever done that from a a card game shop uh, just to complete the deck because I really needed that one card for the strategy I wanted to use and then I played a few successful games with that deck and then just never again the game that i i really did though was the game boy color version of the trading yes. card game yeah yes that was so good uh i love that game i love it too they put a sequel out but it never left japan which i was really yeah. disappointed when i found that out like 10 15 years later <laughs> there was this boy on the playground named bryce he was unstoppable at like the pokemon <laughs> gen 1 games <laughs> trading card game nobody could beat me because i just i did nothing but play it and i had every card and i had like an amazing deck put together i would really like to play another game kind of like that but just with the way video games are made today and the way specifically a game like a trading card game would be monetized it it would not be the same thing because yeah yeah. there there was the online one and then yeah. But for some reason, they used the worst. They didn't use official Pokemon artwork, so it just looked like crap. That's probably cheaper that oh, way. Yeah, but they've made a new one called Pokemon Live, and I've not tried it yet. But what is cool is if you buy the cards, you get a code, and you put that in the thing, and you get boosters in the online game. Oh, that's kind of handy. But really, I just <laughs> liked the Game Boy Color version of Pokemon trading card yeah. game. Because if you wanted a booster pack, you just you went and you fought a battle with somebody, and if you won, you got two booster yeah. packs. And that was how you capped out your decks, was just by playing the game. Uh, <laughs> and you could get quite a number of the cards that were available in, in the original launch of the game, because it was an authentic like creation of the trading card games before they started adding all the, the new booster pack Mm -hmm. seasons like i think team rocket was the first one they put out or something like that 
yeah. yeah. If you want to see what the Pokemon trading card game was really like, track down a copy of that Game Boy Color game, or just just get a ROM. Uh, it was they did port it to the CDS. Oh, did they? I think oh, cool. the shop might yeah. might be closed now. Uh, you could probably, you could um, probably still buy it, but you can't add money to the eShops anymore. Uh, so, like, if you still have some money sitting around, that would probably be a good game to buy. <laughs> the original game came with a card as well that you do, you could only get if you bought the physical mm-hmm. game. I think I still have that um, card around here somewhere. <laughs> and actually, the Japanese version, because it's the only version of the sequel, isn't too bad to get in mint. And that also came, I think, with a Dragonite card that's like mm. exclusive. Because obviously, you got the Mew card with the Pokemon, the first movie, like VHS that everybody had. I kind of wish they still would put a Pokemon card in the games. That would be really cool. Uh, we, we've kind of addressed this throughout, but we can talk about it here. Uh, concisely uh, how do we feel about pokemon as it exists right now sylvia start with you there's one thing that's been bothering me about pokemon for the longest time mm-hmm. and it's that they really need to update the national decks to keep all of the pokemon families together there's so many pokemon now and it's not <laughs> obvious which ones are tied to which and some of them are designed to look similar but aren't related it's nothing to do with the, how Pokemon is right now. It just is an example to me of how the Pokemon franchise is just additive. Um, it doesn't really seem to work on refinement too often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Did you say additive or did you mean iterative? Additive. Mm-hmm. Like, they just add more stuff. Right, okay. So, like, we've got three Pokemon regions right now that are very close to each other. Well, the inspirations would be, right? you got Galar, yeah. which is England, or um, Great Britain. And then you got Kalos and now Paldea, which are France and Spain. Those two should be connected by land. Should be. Uh, Paldea seems to be, like, a, on an island. Um, but still, it's pretty culturally Spanish. But I was still taken out of it a little bit when they a character described, I heard about a far-off land where people put curry on rice. I was like, that's like right across the channel if this is roughly <laughs> analogous to Earth. It's only a couple hundred miles away. It's not that far. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's just... That's an example of how the Pokemon series just doesn't really build too much upon what's already established. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like Legends was a step in the right direction. Totally. But it yeah. would be really good to make these worlds feel a little bit more connected. I don't want to say gigantic Pokemon MMO <laughs> where all the regions are connected. Just something that makes the world feel a little bit bigger rather than it just feeling claustrophobic to the region every time. That That's my biggest gripe because I'm starting to fall out of love with Pokemon. Legends brought it back a little bit. I will admit that I am excited to start Pokemon Violet. That hype that I used to feel when there was a new Pokemon game coming out, like Sun and Moon, going to the midnight launch for those was really fun. <laughs> yeah, that that sort of level of attachment to Pokemon is just gone. Yeah, I would describe myself as feeling frustrated with the games. Um, I played almost every one. Black and white and black and white 2 were the only games that i actually missed because i thought diamond and pearl were just really boring (laughs) i didn't enjoy my time playing diamond and pearl at all 
so I skipped black and white and then X and Y came out and I actually thought X and Y was all right but you know it had been a good 10 years since I had played a Pokemon game when that came out so I thought it was all right um and then Sun and Moon Sun and Moon was in a really weird place where like the the switch was almost out and I actually didn't even finish Sun and Moon until after the switch came out don't have very strong memories of it but i remember it being a step in the right direction and i was looking forward to what pokemon was going to be on switch and i was waiting and i was waiting and i was waiting it took them three years to get a pokemon game out on switch and it was sword and shield and long-time listeners will know my feelings about that game <laughs> <laughs> uh, huge disappointment i thought that game was completely unacceptable and pretty much broke me like if legends hadn't come along and showed that they're finally updating the game and trying to do something new and different with it uh i wouldn't have even bought it and scarlet and violet is much the same thing it's taken them way too long to bring the pokemon series up to this point like they should have been doing this on the consoles before but, you know, it, it's a handheld series, so I, I kind of get what their argument was. But that's how I feel. They should have been developing these kind of games on consoles a long time ago. We're finally getting them now, and obviously they they have to iterate on this stuff. They have to develop these new systems. It's not going to be perfect the first time out, but five years, five and a half years into the Switch's lifespan, people are already talking about a Switch 2. The, the big discussion about Scarlet and Violet now is that the console is too weak to run this game, which uh, we could talk about next week. But suffice to say right now, I don't fully agree with that assessment. These games should have come out in the first or second year of the Switch's life. I don't know why it took them so long to finally do this. Conceptually, these games should have existed a long time ago. Yeah. Not specifically these ones, but yeah. Something like the these. The features. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I really enjoyed Legends for all of its problems. Like, uh, we're getting to the end of the year now thinking about our Game of the Year stuff, and Legends is one of my front runners for the best game of the year on Switch. Now, Scarlet and Violet has points in its favor as well, you know, different strengths compared to Legends. I'm glad these games have finally come out. I'm glad they're finally developing the Pokemon games beyond being basically Game Boy games because the series has barely changed since the 90s. I just wish they had done it much sooner. <laughs> that's that's my main feeling about the series is frustration. What has taken so long for you to take literally your most profitable franchise and modernize it in any kind of way? What took so long? Yeah, almost drove me away. And actually, it kind of did drive me away. I just, I bought the ones I did more out of obligation than because I truly enjoyed them. I wouldn't rank a single one of them as among the best games on their consoles, on 3DS, DS, Game Boy Advance. Like, Gen 1 and Gen 2 was the last time I thought they were actually groundbreaking fun games. <laughs> what about you, Rosalie? How do you feel about the series right now? Yeah, it's kind of funny that you mentioned you skipped black and white because I did too, and I can't remember. Mm. It could be because some of the designs in it. Is that what the one where there was one called Keys and it's just a 
like I think a car keys, oh, and I remember being yeah, I remember being so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's just a bunch of keys. Um, but I, Diamond and Pearl were actually the last ones I really, really, really liked. Me and my friends would make poffins like all the time. Um, it, I really loved, that was the last ones where I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, but I think I fell out of it because I was just at that age where I was like going out drinking and <laughs> studying and things like that. Um, I have this weird, I call it my like Pokemon cycle, where where the hype. And not wanting to have FOMO, like the fear of missing out on everything of Pokemon, it comes and I'm like, oh, everyone's excited about it, so I've got to be excited about it. And then I pre-order it and then I play it and then I forget that the target audience is still kind of children. <laughs> so it's not the JRPGs that I'm typical to and you can literally, like the ones pre the Switch, you could still just level up like one or two Pokemon and, and complete it and it wasn't that much mm. of a challenge and I was like... Uh, and I got sun. I I barely did many gyms. I I just thought it was rubbish. And <laughs> then for some reason I pre-ordered sword as well. And I really hated the fact that you had to keep going back to that one place to get Pokemon. And I was like, that doesn't. The whole point, like Sylvie said, it's about exploring. Why do I keep having to go back to this one area? It's, and the areas that aren't that area, there's like nothing to explore. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to uh, pick on Sword and Shield anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Game Freak. It's widely um, regarded as a bad game at this point, so we can just move on. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing about Pokemon now is that I, I collect, like, figures from it, because I, I collect figures anyway. So I have ones, you know, things that are merchandise that's targeted towards our kind of demographic. Um, and I do still collect the cards. In fact, I think it was just before... Uh, the pandemic, uh, my partner pulled a rainbow Charizard uh, from Champions Path and we sold it for 450 quid on eBay. Wow. And that was a very glorious day. So there, there's still a bit of fun in terms of like, you know, you can still pull something that's, you know, uh, can pay your energy bill for that month. <laughs> now. Uh, and I still want to cosplay from it. But the games are, um, I wouldn't have gotten this, like Violet is the one that I have right now. I wouldn't have gotten it, but a friend gifted me it just because I was just I don't want to spend 50 odd quid and be disappointed again so I'm very lucky that I get to experience it without that kind of looming fear that I spent money on it I loved Legends um I don't know I just wish they felt a bit more grown up but I again I know that we're not the target demographic but then all the stuff that comes out shows that people that are most playing the Switch are 20 to 30 and a lot of the merchandise is mainly like collect really expensive Lucario life-size plushies. Like kids aren't buying that. <laughs> like it's people in their thirties and above that are buying these things. So I'm like, I kind of wish they would grow up the series a little bit. And I do miss because I played Colosseum on the GameCube. I don't know if either of you did, and I loved loved it. And it was cool because it was like a console Pokemon, and it was all fancy. I played it. I thought it was um, kind of boring. Oh, okay. But I kind of wish that they would do something like that that's different, that would feel a bit more grown up. Also, I was really disappointed by the Pokemon Snap sequel because it was, yeah. there's so many talk, there's so much talking with this little girl who I don't even remember the name of. And I was like, I just want to, I just want to take photos. And I assumed that I always wanted a Pokemon Snap where you could just, it was like open world and you yeah. could just interact with the environment, but it was still a real thing. And, I don't know. It's like a love. It's like the nostalgia's there. I still like some of the things they do, but it's like it's like a love hate relationship sometimes. 
I thought new Pokemon Snap was also, say it with me now, boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear the arguments a lot, like, you know, this is a game that's aimed at children. It's like, okay, that's fine. Don't children deserve new things? That's true, I mean, that's like, true. Children play Breath of the Wild. They love Breath of the Wild. Like, it's not yeah. too old for them. <laughs> that just feels like a, a excuse for developer laziness to me. That's true. Yeah. Mm. But like when you're talking... I... I kind of wish I hate that they're like forced to make them every like three odd years. Like yeah. I would, they, sh- they I, should I wish take could... as long as it takes to make them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Going back to um, Pokemon Coliseum, I always thought that they should make games like Legends that can be played single player, and then have a a game like Pokemon Bank, but it includes the Coliseum thing, and oh, it just draws yeah. Pokemon from there. Like even if it was just a really simple like graphically thing like you, if they just went back to like Game Boy Advance style graphics I think that would be a really successful like free service that they could do just have you able to upload everything you've caught from any game that's compatible with the Switch or anything else that can connect to the internet if they can manage that and then you can just do like Game Boy Advance style graphics so I'm probably showing my bias here because everybody knows I love <laughs> pixel art so <laughs> that's how I'm imagining it but uh that would be a, a cool thing. I was thing. just thinking, literally, Pokemon Coliseum, have yeah. some different backdrops from different games, but just have, contain it all in there so that you catch Pokemon in whatever game, you upload it in there and battle them. Because I, I feel like, to me, Pokemon is at its strongest when it's a single-player exploration game. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel too much stuff is based around, like, I personally don't care about my Pokemon team. I just pick Pokemon that yeah. I like. Uh, <laughs> the, the ones that are on my team are the ones I'm trying to evolve. Like, I don't have yeah. a team. I just... I did in Sword and Shield. I, I did have a fighting Eevee team because I'd always wanted to do that, and Sword and Shield was the first time like where you could actually capture wild Eevees and do that. But that was just a long-time dream I wanted to fulfill. But normally when I'm playing Pokemon... Whatever's on my team is what I'm trying to get the Pokedex filled in on, because that's usually what I'm focused on in a Pokemon game is filling up the Pokedex. I'm really boring, and I always get Jigglypuff, and I get Psyduck <laughs> because I miss- Misty had a Psyduck. Well, so when right right now I have a Jigglypuff from leveling yep. up, and I have a Psyduck in Violet. So. Yeah, you can catch them very early on, which is nice. <laughs> but we we uh we'll get to that. Uh, so yeah. Join us next week where we will talk in depth about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, all three of us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. Be sure to join our Discord server. You can interact with the lively game popular community. You can follow us on Twitter for now, YouTube, and at gamepodular.com for updates, news, and other content. You can find the links in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular Patreon. The details for both of these are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by Andrew. You can follow him on Twitter at PlayCritically and check out his 
long-form reviews at playcritically.com. Myself on Twitter at stewtwo, S-T-W-T-W-O, or on twitch.tv forward slash sylvietory. And Rosalie, you can follow on Twitter at lilrecordgirl. Sorry to hear you're still irregular. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying irregular. Is that not coming through? Should I enunciate more? No, I said I'm sorry to hear you're still irregular. That's okay. I take lots of fiber. There we go. (laughs) Came through that time.